Uh, we're going to look at uh, the next bit in the Lord's Prayer. So it's Luke chapter 11, if you want us to look in your Bibles, um, where it says, verse 2, Jesus said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. And we're going to think about what that means, hallowed be your name. Uh, so Jesus, when he taught us to pray, gave us this, it's kind of a model or example of prayer. Um, we call it the Lord's Prayer, of course. And really the prayer is, is telling us something about what prayer is. Uh, Jesus began, you remember, by uh, saying, we can call God Father. Uh, that's where to start, Jesus says, because, because that actually describes our relationship with God. It's a relationship defined by love. So one thing, prayer, prayer is not an attempt to earn God's love, because his love is already assured. And we can come to God, Jesus says, when we pray, knowing that he already loves us as his children. So having established that for us as the sort of basis, the starting point of all prayer, the first thing this prayer asks of God is that God's name will be hallowed. Hallowed be your name. Now the word hallowed there is a verb and it means to make holy. It's a verb and that's an important thing because it means we're not just stating a fact about God, we're actually asking for something to happen. Hallowed be your name is asking that God's name will be made holy. Now, you might say, but that's a bit strange. Surely God is already holy. In fact, perfectly holy, fully holy. Surely God can't become more holy because he already is what holiness fully is. And that's absolutely correct, of course. And so I think then we begin to realise that actually this prayer is asking that something will happen in us and in the world. It's asking that God's holiness will become more and more real to us in our lives and in the world. What we're saying is, may your name, Lord, become more and more holy to us. So this is really a prayer about how the world responds to God and who he is, his holiness. It's about wanting to see the effects of God's holiness spread and change things. It's therefore, I think, a really visionary prayer. It's a missionary prayer expressing our desire, for both for ourselves and the world around us, that we will all experience and enjoy and be changed by who God is. Okay, but what is holiness? What is this hallowedness that comes from God? Well, the most basic meaning of the word holy is um, different or set apart or it's in the sense of something being other it's 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 unique incomparable that's holiness something holy stands out because you can't compare with it there are no substitutes for it and, th and nothing else can quite be or do what that holy thing is or does now here's an example in the ancient world they uh they called temple buildings holy for that very reason because temple buildings were different to all other buildings for them. They served, temples served in the ancient world a unique and special purpose that no other building could do and as such they became very important to people's lives. That, that's the kind of idea of what holiness means. Something that's so uniquely special that it becomes sacred, in fact it becomes quite formative in our lives. 
Now, when you think about that, actually, you, re- you realise that life is full of, from time to time, these holy moments that we experience. For example, when a child is born. That is a holy thing because there's nothing like it. It's unique. Or when you see, perhaps you've, you can remember going and seeing an absolutely just breathtaking view and you gave thanks to God for it. I think that, in a, in a, in a sense, is a holy thing because you couldn't manufacture that view. You couldn't create it in a lab, that moment where you experience just that awe at God's creation. Another example I want to give you, I remember attending a, a middle school leaver service uh, one year in Minehead. Um, one of our girls was one of the school leavers. But another young girl stood up to sing, but she completely broke down in tears and couldn't do it. Now, uh, I think it was Lilac later told me that this girl had been through a, an awful lot that year. But as the teacher kind of came and helped her sort of get herself together and gather her thoughts... You could almost, you really could feel the building, everyone in that building kind of willing, silently willing her along to find that courage to sing. And she did eventually. She found that courage and she sung, she sung beautifully to us. And when she finished singing, the whole place just erupted in these cheers. And it was really emotional to be there. And I actually remember at the time thinking that that was a really holy thing. That was the word for it, because it was, there was something so unique and special. Here was a moment in time when a whole room full of human beings, who didn't know this young girl, but they were, we were all united in this kind of compassion and empathy and hope, and then ultimately celebration for this young girl who needed that courage and found that courage to sing to us. My point is you couldn't recreate that if you tried, because it was a unique moment of human connection. Uh, It was holy. It was different. And I think all of those sorts of moments actually are God-given, because God is the source of all holiness. He is holy. He's unique. He's in, shall we say, he's in a league of his own. That's holiness. He's in a league of his own in every aspect of his being. His person, his words, his thoughts, his gifts, his actions... There is nothing quite like God, and you cannot recreate what God is and what God does in anything else. For example, and maybe you know what this is like, you know, when a person is filled with an experience of God's joy, perhaps, that is a holy thing, because God's joy is unique. When a person finds strength in God through times of trouble, That's a holy thing often because God's comfort and strength are over and above what we've been able to find anywhere else. Or this one, I think, is one we experience and see sometimes in church life. When a person discovers God's forgiveness and it's like a lifelong burden has suddenly just been lifted off their shoulders by God, that is a holy thing in this world because only God can do that can break those chains and lift those burdens. All these kinds of things, you know, the transformation of God that we see in lives, the peace of God, the new life of God, those are things of holiness that we come to discover and know in God uniquely. And in so doing, I think kind of like this prayer is saying, God becomes holy to us, as this prayer puts it, because only the grace of God can do those things for us. So when we pray... 
Lord, may your name be hallowed to us. We're praying for more of that kind of thing in the world. More of that connection to the uniqueness, the holiness of God. To hallow his name means for us to be shaped by the uniqueness of God. And we're praying that for ourselves, of course, for others, ultimately for the whole world. Now, holiness can also be a very practical thing. I think we experience a type of holiness, for example, when we live in ways that God, God leads us to live in ways that make a real difference. And they can even be simple things. You know, uh, we read from Matthew 5 about salt and light. Salt and light can be really simple things sometimes. When we give to those in need, when we help someone who's upset and in distress, when we do other good things, those behaviours, in a sense, can be holy as well because they stand out. Holiness, to stand out in the effect that those things have in somebody's life. Now, that effect that it may have could be way out of proportion with what you thought when you just did something simple to listen to them or help them. And I believe all those moments inspired by God are also moments of practical holiness in the world, something that just stands out. And, and we kind of think, gosh, those things flow from God because God is ultimately the source of all holiness. If I can put it like this, all the wow moments, all the you have no idea what a difference that made moments in life, all the I never believed it was possible, but thank you kind of moments, all such moments, holy, different moments, flow to us from God. Now, I've said quite a lot there about what holiness is, and that's because I think the word holy can sometimes become a bit stuffy. And I want you to see that God's holiness can actually be present in many, many different ways in life. So that when we pray this prayer, hallowed be your name, Lord, it's a really big prayer. It's far-reaching. It's about wanting to see the world's eyes opened to the glory of God, to how great God is. And it's about wanting to see that then change us and change our communities even change the world. May your name be hallowed everywhere, we're saying. May everyone, all of us, see how holy, how beyond compare you are, Lord, and may that fill our lives to such an extent and fill our world to such an extent that things are not the same again. And yes, of course, there is a seriousness. There is always a weight to holiness. But even when we think of that seriousness, that weightiness, of God's holiness. A bit like, remember when the prophet Isaiah saw his vision in Isaiah chapter 6? He saw a vision of God in the temple. Holy, 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 it said. But and Isaiah, in response, said, Woe to me, I'm finished. But, but remember, it was not stuffiness that bowled Isaiah over. It was not somberness in a suit and tie, you know, that knocked Isaiah off his feet that day and made him wonder what on earth he was going to do. No, we're told it was the, an overwhelming sense of God's glory filling everything. His, your glory fills all things, the angel said. So when we say, may your name become holy, it means we're praying that God will become that incredible to us. Uh, that uniquely important in our lives, bowling us over so that we will then become shaped and defined and made new by God. 
Just like Isaiah, the glimpses that we have of God, like he did, will impact us and change us and save us, ultimately. That's what we're praying. But just, just lastly, it is a challenging prayer for us as Christians, too. May your name be hallowed. Uh, in, the, in the ancient world, the person's name meant their character, their reputation, who they were. So if God's name means God's character and reputation, then hallowing God's name means us representing God well in the world. Because as followers of Jesus Christ, our lives will reflect upon the one who we follow. Uh, One of the Ten Commandments is actually like the flip side of this prayer, and it also uses the word name. Uh, It said, one of the commandments, do not, well, we tend to translate it, do not take the Lord's name in vain. But actually, it literally means in the Hebrew, do not carry God's name falsely. Okay, do not carry God's name falsely. The idea that actually wherever we're going as the Lord's people, we're carrying God's name upon us. And the commandment was don't carry it falsely. In in other words, don't live in such a way that that you misrepresent God that you give God a bad reputation. Don't give people a false idea of who God is. And, and here now is Jesus in this prayer, giving us the same thing, but in a positive sense. May we hallow your name, Lord. May we bring honour to your reputation through our lives so that the world will see how uniquely good you are. And of course, we know God's name, God's character, God's reputation, because we see it in Christ. Jesus is the perfect revelation of what this prayer looks like in a human life. And as our saviour, Jesus is also the one who brings us into a real experience of that holiness. And it's God's spirit, who's called the hallowed, the Holy Spirit, by the way, who works those things out then in our lives. Perhaps this is why Jesus' teaching on prayer here concludes with a promise that God will give the holy or hallowed spirit to those who ask him. It means that this prayer, hallowed be your name, will be answered because God will give us his spirit as we pray it. Jesus died to take away all our unholiness and make us new. And that was the argue, well, it was the most holy and unique thing the world has ever seen when Jesus died and rose again to bring us to God. And as we trust our lives to this Jesus who died and rose again for us, we are taken up into his holiness, this beyond compare thing, this good news of what God is doing in the world. Whenever the New Testament describes Christians as saints, The word saint literally means holy one. Because through Jesus we come to share in the holiness of God. Hebrews 2 puts it like this. In bringing many people to glory, it was fitting that God, for whom and through whom everything exists, that he should make the pioneer of their salvation perfect through what he suffered. So both the one who makes people holy and those who are being made holy, us, are of the same family and therefore Jesus is not ashamed to call us his brothers and sisters. That's how our prayer for today, may we hallow your name, that's how it ultimately comes true, through Jesus. It, 
as we enter into the life of God through the life of Christ working in us. So that's the first wish that is expressed in the Lord's Prayer. The first thing that we should want. Father, may your name become ever more holy to us. May the uniqueness of who God is become more and more important to us so that it shapes our lives and our world.